Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. How many of you love Jesus and you're glad to be here? Say amen. Thank you, Denise, for that song. I'll tell you, that took me like three nights, because everybody knows I can be scared, right? Woo, Lord, that's hard on people the way we do. I tell you the truth. God, God's faithful, though, you know what I mean? And uh, he gets us scared sometimes. And in those times, I mean, we just need to take a few steps. It's a great love about getting together with God. It's good to be here today. We're going to finish up our series today on serving, and uh, we've done a a three-week series on I Serve, what I call it, and uh, we started uh, three weeks ago. We started out talking about what a servant looked like, and then uh, last week we talked about uh, being a part of the body of Christ, but I want to start today by uh, by making a comment that being a member of the body means being a part of something bigger than yourself. That's the whole point of why we've been here this week, to bring glory to God, being a part of the church. It's not about us, it's about bringing glory to God. And when you think about what we do, it's the most important thing on the planet to share the message of the gospel. I heard a story about a a preacher that was on an airplane, and uh, he was set down, and I don't know if any of you have ever traveled. I I used to travel quite a bit, and I hate the middle seat. I really do. I like the window seat because I can throw them, pull the thing down, and roll over to the seat. You know what I mean? But anyway, this preacher gets on an airplane, he sits down, and he's got one of these folks next to him, and that's the problem, right? Because I hate that. And uh, so the person said to him, so what do you do for a living? Here's what he said. He went, I'm with a global enterprise with locations in Honduras. And uh, we're into motivation and behavior alterations. Uh, We run hospitals and universities and nursing homes. And we care for our clients from life to death. Uh, We perform spiritual heart transplants. Our original organizer owns all the real estate on the earth, plus he's short and fat. And I'm not even picking on the fat dude. He's got bread. Right? Uh, our product is free for the asking. Uh, the CEO was born in a hick town and worked as a carpenter. He was misunderstood by his family, hated by his enemies. He walks on water. Imagine if this fool said, God, who are you talking about? Who are you working for? Right? He's condemned to death without a fair trial, but he rose from the dead. And I'll talk to him more today. And while this story is about a pastor by vocation on an airplane, the fact of the matter is if we're Christians, If we're disciples of Jesus, we are all called to be ministers in the kingdom of God. 
takes every one of us. And so I really, I prayed and prayed and prayed, you know, when we finished up the last series. God, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to share? And as the pastor, it's a responsibility to kind of talk about where we're going and the directions. And, and the fact of the matter is, we need help with people serving in our church. You know, we have, uh, we find a good horse around here, man, we'll ride it right in the dressing room. You know what I'm saying? And we have people in our nursery that have been over there. And some of those folks have been in that nursery now for over a year and haven't been able to come into the church because of COVID-19. And so that's how this all started. And, and when you talk about the church, it's made up of the body of Christ. And, and it's the people. I mean, how, how many of you would like to live in a community without a church? Not me. But when you think about it, the church, it's a place where we should be able to come and, and, and let it go and, and worship God. It's about him and, and giving him glory. And, and serving is part of that. And if ever there was a church that people need to live in, that would be the church I would like to live in. Jesus set up this movement of the world, and that's called the church. And it covers a lot of areas like the preacher talked about. If you think about it, like the video, they, the hands and feet of Jesus are everywhere. It's not, not just in this building. You see, that's, that's where we get mixed up sometimes because Jesus told the disciples to go. He didn't say, go in and sit down. Did he? No, he said, go. And so he called all of us to be a part of that. And for me and my belief, I believe the church is the most important organization. I, it represents the body of Christ. And what today is needed in the church is an attitude of being all in. We need that. You know, we need to be all in. Jesus taught the principle of service. All in. And so many of you around here do that, and I'm so grateful. I, I tell you, when I came here, that was one of the things that absolutely blew my mind. And it's all over the map. The demographic, the age, everything's all over the map. In fact, when I took over leading in the worship and praise team, worship team, there's a lady in there, and I'm not going to tell you how old she was, but she's a senior. And she, and she told me, she's a senior? No, no, I'm not, I didn't say how old she was, did I? It scared me to death, man. And she said, you know, honey, I think I need to step down because I need to let, and I, here's what I said to her. I said, I'm going to tell you what, when you step down, I'm stepping down. Because we represent the body of Christ. What's that look like? Look to the person next to you and say, this is what it looks like because that's what we are. We're in this together. And the church is an important organization and we need to be all in. And, and you know, I've said it before, Moses didn't even start till he was 80. Can you imagine how old he was? Lord have mercy. That must not have been bad, you know. I mean, but anyway, the question is, are you all in? I mean, is, is it a priority in your life? And that's all I'm trying to say. We need to examine that and see if we can get to some places where we're, we're not crazy about it. And I want to read a story today out of the scripture um, that I think is, is how the church should look in the world. It's a, it's a beautiful story, and many of you have heard it before. But we live in a world, we live in a world today, folks, where secularism is on the rise. And if ever there was a time that the church needs to be the church, this passage of scripture is in, in Luke chapter 5, and we'll start reading verse 17, and then we'll read a little bit here, but, but pay attention to this story. Watch this, and I think you'll see some principles that you'll use in, in your everyday life. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and some teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men shared faith. From every village in all of Galilee and Judea, uh, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. 
And they tried to take him inside to eat, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. They couldn't reach him. So here's what they did. These guys, they didn't give up. They didn't stop. Look, I want you to check out what they did. Look at this. Look at this. They went up to the roof and took off the ash. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. <laughs> now, can you picture this? We're all in the house. We're all sitting around eating, and, and all of a sudden you start seeing insulation falling out of the roof. Did they want to get him to Jesus? Was that a priority for them, do you think? They took the roof off the place. Watch this. Seeing their faith, Jesus says to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees, always a religious crowd, they start getting mad. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law said to each other, He that sins sins to you. That's blasphemy. Only God can give uh, forgive sins. But Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why is it such confusion in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven? Notice them. Stand up and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, jumped, picked up his mat, and went home, joyfully rejoicing over his healing. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things because of what Jesus did for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this passage of Scripture. I pray that you give us good ears to understand, God, what you want us to hear. God, that I'm heard, but that you're heard, that we're clear people. And God, that we're all just attentive to you. We recognize your importance and honor, and Jesus, thank you for that. Have your way in this message. Lord, help us to receive it. God, we love you. There's some things that we can take away from this story when, when it comes to a call to action. You know, when we talked a couple of weeks ago about what a real servant looks like, a real servant is somebody that denies themselves. A real servant is the one that doesn't have ownership of things, but is serving others. We talked about that. And we talked about being a member, that being a member means being a part of the body. And we talked about the human body, how it takes all the different parts to really function properly. And we also talked about how that we're called not to just believe, but we're called to belong. We're called to belong. And today I want to talk to you about call to action. Are we willing to do what it will take to be a Christian, a Christian person? I mean, the reason that it matters is, is it's the way that God set this thing up. It really matters. Church growth is about sinners being saved by Jesus and becoming fruit bearers of God's righteousness. We're all sinners saved by grace. What's that look like? You're looking at it. It's the grace of God, and then what we do is about Him, and we come to Him. In Matthew 7, verse 16 through 20, I want you to notice this. Jesus said this about, about, about the disciples in Matthew 7. Who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down 
and glory and power. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. He shows us what the church is to look like. We're to be redemptive in our actions. We're to be preaching the truth, speaking the truth, not judging other people, sharing the love of Jesus with them. Amen. And so we reach the lost world by sharing this gospel message. And it's one of love. It's one of redemption. And while it's not about numbers necessarily, when we talk about numbers, yes, they were good numbers. I think in the book of Acts when they talked about there were 3,000 added to the church, he wasn't trying to impress us, probably didn't even know what a mega church was at that point. He was just trying to give us some kind of gauge about what God was doing and the wonders of his, his work that was happening working in those people. And those numbers represented the growth of the church. You see, I believe that the growth of the church is determined by how people view their church. And if we view our church as doing the work of Jesus, then that means we're going to get involved and we're going to get in it. When we view the church as the work of God, you know, we want to be a part of that. If we have the mindset about our church that's negative or critical, it's entirely possible that God will not bless that type of attitude in our church and cause us to back out. I've been in churches where you walk in and you can cut it with a knife. It is, but you can feel it. And you start talking to people, and I was talking to a preacher one day, and he said, yeah, he said, my church split right down the middle. Half of them split over here, and half of them split over there. Are you kidding me? If we can't have unity in the church, how can we expect to accomplish anything, right? House divided, what does it mean? Yeah, we're to be together. And by this, you'll know who they are. They love each other. They bear fruit. The growth of the church is determined by how people view their church. And God calls us to be the church. I love what Brother Jim, he was here in the prayer service. I love what he says, Brother Jim Williams. He says, uh, people who serve, save people, serve people. I love, I love a new convert. I love watching new converts to Jesus. You know what they want to do? They want to tell the whole world about the Lord and what he's done in their life. And it's a shame that we lose that fire sometimes, that we have the opportunities as Christians. Now, I'm not talking about running around beating people over the head with the Bible. You've got to do that. That's not who I believe in. In fact, I ride a Harley wear do rag a lot of times, and I blow their minds when I sit there and listen to them for about 20 minutes, and they say, what do you do for a living? Oh, man, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to, oh, you know, and then it starts. I'm like, really? Really? Hey, hey. Didn't like some of the stuff I said. Really? Didn't like some of the stuff I said. Right? And I'm not judging that person. I'm just sharing the gospel with them. You know why? Because I used to talk just like that and act just like that. We're called to serve, to share, not to judge, to bear fruit, to bear fruit. Why? Because we love people. It's not about, hey, hey, I got you. Take it easy. No, we love people. We take care of them. We want to see them do well. We want to see them grow. We want to see them help those around. These men cared about this gentleman. He couldn't get to Jesus. They loved him. They cared about him. They cared about him so much they tore the roof off the house. Yeah, it's a great example of the right attitude, and we need to develop it. It's a great idea. A sinner saved not Jesus. In verse 17, Jesus is teaching the story. We see this. He's teaching, and, and, this, and this man has a need, and, and they know that, that Jesus can meet their need. And so they didn't just say, well, you know, it's really great, that Jesus over there, I know he can handle that, he can help this guy, but I'll do it here. I'll, I'll just let somebody else do it. No. 
They said, Jesus can do this. Let's get him over there. And they took Jesus to the big city. Do you think it was convenient to go get this guy? Do you think it was convenient to get a ladder and go up on top of that place and take the roof off the house? Yeah, that's fairly good. Some guy in the city looked at him and said, you know, Jesus can walk up there. This is what makes that message real. Because that message was true there, it's still true today. And when people reach out for good news about Jesus and what he can do in their life, it changes the world. Amen? Whew, go tell somebody good news. Right attitude. Takes the right attitude. There was more than one man, it says. The Bible says some men. What that means is it was a group thing. It was a, it was a, a, a team effort, you know, that they, one person didn't just do it on their own. They had the attitude that they would do whatever it would take to get him to Jesus. And that's what brings the conversion. I got to tell you, in my life, there's been times when serving the Lord was, was more about convenience for me. Why do I tell you my life? I had a guy ask me, he said, are you one of the most transparent preachers? I thought he was going to tell me I was really a good preacher. He said, I'm going to tell you about your preaching, man. You're real. I thought he going to say, you're good. You know, he's like, man, you're real, dude. Listen, why do I share this stuff with you? Because I want you to know that God cares about you. And he'll meet you where you are. I've watched times in my life when my wife, she said, so we're going to come in late over here right now? There were times when she would get up and get our kids ready. She'd come in there, and I was working through the week, and I was traveling, and I would, and she'd come in and say, are you going to church? Well, you know, the first Sunday, it was kind of kind of hard because I had to really hide my head under a pillow and let it get away from me, you know what I mean? But later, it got real, real easy. And I found out that going to Best Friends Baptist on Sunday morning where I was was a lot easier than going to church. I didn't love him very much. It takes an effort to do it. It's not always convenient. I had to quit making excuses. One day, my little girl said, Daddy, is she going to go to church? I said, important to you? Well, you know, it's important to me. I mean, we, we live by example. It's a responsibility. See, and if we believe, if we truly believe that Jesus is the hope for the world and the lost and the broken, then, then we should act like it and we should share that message. That's what he's saying here. They believed that they could get to Jesus. If they could just get into Jesus. They didn't make excuses about how difficult it was. They didn't say, I'm too busy. Oh, you know, they got a two-story house over there. Man, that tile roof, wouldn't that have been better? I mean, there's people everywhere, you know. No. Can you imagine? I'm serving the Lord in my car. Can you imagine that? And the Bible says Jesus said, now, I'll be lifted up. People say, what are you guys doing with those bones in there? We got all these baptisms. What's going on? Let me tell you something that's going on. People in our church are excited about Jesus, and they want to share that message. They're inviting people to church, and people are accepting Christ. And they got preachers that are saying the same thing. Because we share His giftedness, you know what I mean? In that regard. Don't give up when it gets difficult. Feel like you have a family member that I've prayed for and prayed for for years. 
you give up because as much as you love and care about them, there's some people that just don't care. That's the good news. Share the message, be encouraged. I encourage you this morning to be peaceable. Sometimes, you know, when we do this, we meet opposition when we serve. John Wesley was a great preacher. You know, as a pastor, sometimes you think, man, I don't know, you know, if I'm the same guy all the time. And, and, you, and you wonder about it. And there's never a shortage of that, I will tell you. I can promise you that. John Wesley was preaching, and he was ridiculed for preaching outside in the open air. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. While others were scolded at the same time for preaching in the theaters of London. I've learned that no matter what you do when you go to Jesus, someone will gather around you and say, Why didn't you go? People are coming to Jesus because they want to tell you how wonderful he is. In your life, somebody may be talking about, Well, I thought, yeah, you know, listen, if you're doing what God's leading you to do, you just keep coming. And you keep reading his word, and you keep studying his word, and you keep coming back. You keep coming back. Don't you give up. Look at John. Guys, this is not an easy situation for him. It's not an easy situation for him to get up and walk away from Jesus. The man needs to be healed while he is trying to tell people who the Savior truly is. It amazes me that those who were around that they would have that reaction. See, we don't expect someone else to bring people to Jesus, but the fact is that I expect them to. Now, this is not trying to get you real personal, but I want you to know something because it's important that as we serve in the church, we ask Again, I don't know. You know, I don't listen to me. These disciples didn't know anything in this story. All they knew was they had experienced a, a, a life change with God. What did they share? They shared their story. So the next time somebody's in your life and, and you're thinking, uh-oh, this is one of those moments. Here it goes. What am I supposed to do? Do I need to run the street to the reverse? Do I need to go? No, stop. Tell them what God's done in your life. Share your story. Lord, and then let the Holy Spirit lead. How about that? Because I got a couple of 
Get real. Get real. Get to know him. See, faith leads people to the living God. Faith helps people live by faith. It costs us to obey God. It costs us dealing with sin. It costs them their effort. And it costs them responsibility for their sin. Self serving responsibility is giving your heart in the right direction. Surrender to God. Give and then submit to Him. Faith helps us get to know Him better and then submit to Him. Today's the last service. I hope you saw it before. We've seen the first service of baptism. We've seen Jesus as our Lord. We've seen Jesus who has saved us. ways to do God. Who do you know? You know, my wife is a giver. When I started dating her, we was in this thing with Baptist Church. You know, when your kid hears y'all just sitting back there, right? You know, y'all don't want to do that, sitting back there at church. She had 37 kids on those pews me and her. Day, the minister 
Bible study every six years at the Christian congregation. He finished his message in Psalm 1 and said, I keep your commandments. Any others in there? Anybody? Nope. After everyone left, there was a little boy that came up to him and said, Preacher, do you think if I worked hard for an education, I could become a preacher and attract young people? Again, tears welled up in the preacher's eyes as he looked again at the student and looked at that little boy and he said, yes, sir, you can. He said, Robert, I see the divine hand of Almighty God, so God bless you for doing that. I hope you'll become a preacher one day. Right there at the point of a conversation, he said, I want to be a preacher. Can I talk to you about Christmas? Don't get just too wrapped up. You see, because that happened that day. You know, he said, don't you give up. What happened many years later, an aged missionary came to London to meet with him. His name was spoken with reverence. Moses invited him to the home. He added many things to his life. He refused to confess that Jesus Christ was his Lord. His name was not mentioned. Robert was not mentioned. The same Robert who years before had spoken blessings over him.